Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. I think something that we hadn't factored in over the years has really been the employee well-being. Yeah. Um, you know, and the employee mindset, because we're always under the impression there would be a plan B, and that plan B would we would re- relocate to, to a different building. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Paulie Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine. And today, once again, we have Julian Hun, but this time not from Flight Centre, but from Deloitte. Hi, Julian. How are you doing? Hi, Kwame. Good, thank you. Yourself? Uh, so, obviously, we're going to be talking a bit about the current situation on COVID-19 and... I know some people might sort of slap their palm in their forehead, like, oh, not this again. But uh, I think there's some things that are worth discussing, uh, especially based on our last conversation. So to really start off is how has the current situation impacted people's day-to-day decision-making process? Um, Look, significantly. um, You know, we talked about this last week very briefly over the phone, and um, I appreciate many, you know, many organisations out there, especially the large organisations, have have BCP plans in place, yep. uh, business continuity plans in place. So, I suspect many of those are running reasonably well. Um, look, I've been in, I've been working you know, for about probably twenty years in this space, and um, been through you know MERS and SARS and various other um, you know significant issues globally, London bombings, etc. And um, for me, this is this is very serious. This whole, um, you know, this whole coronavirus in terms of how we're managing it. Because if you look at the previous, if you look at the previous um, issues and and um, catastrophes and, and things we've had to manage as, as organisations and as, as GRC practitioners, this is this is very unique because it's it's looking on the it's looking more at the individual and having plans in place, second sites and communication technologies. It's working, but it's still, there's still a lot of challenges. For yeah. me, decision-making is absolutely key. And, um, you know, decision-making, certainly in the compliance world and financial crime world, it's mainly done for face-to-face with people. Yeah. Um, you know, there's challenges. It's usually discussed amongst groups. So not, not having that not having that uh, physical interaction and the ability to turn around and ask someone that question or to certainly brainstorm yeah. is proving to be a challenge. Um, so I can definitely see decision making um, having you know having a significant impact in terms of some of the operations that we all work in. If you look at financial crime in terms of onboarding customers or looking at transactions or suspicious transactions, etc., not not having the ability to bounce ideas and not look and not having the ability to make fast and um, and quick decisions is, is very challenging for you know for any business right right of course and you know obviously no one had business cont- continuity plans that really was set up to cope with an event quite like this one um so i guess if we could be a bit speculative what do you think people's bcps might look like in the future um <clears throat> look it, the technology has been covered reasonably well and certainly from my experience sp- speaking to a lot of colleagues out there uh, the technologies has done reasonably well, and, and, and people have picked up the, um, you know, it, it pretty quickly in terms of communication. Systems have done reasonably, reasonably well as well. I think something that we hadn't factored in over the years has really been the employee well-being, yeah. um, you know, and the employee mindset because we're always under the impression there would be a plan B, and that plan B would we would re- relocate to, to a different building. Yeah. Or, you know, we'd move operations from, say, Manila to India. So that was always in place. And if you look at my time at HSBC, you know, we had three or four buildings in the city in both the Middle East, in Dubai, as well as London. And our plan was, 
you know, if there was a serious incident, be it a terrorist attack, then we would obviously relocate. But this is very unique. What what this is doing is putting the, you know, it's putting this person, it's putting the employee basically um, in their house and the, and the housebound. Um, and that's going to be really testing people in terms of their mindset, in terms of their social interaction. You know, we're, we're, most of us and our human beings are basically social animals and we need that. So what, one of my concerns is, you know, put aside the operations, the systems and infrastructure, it's more around the employee well-being. Um, and, you know, how people are tackling this now is obviously having calls every morning. You know, our technology is pretty good. We can see people. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of people out there now catching up on Friday afternoons, having drinks, you know, just, just through Zoom and various other channels, which is really good. But uh, I think to answer your question, many of us had not considered the employee well-being yeah. and, and that general mindset because a lot of us are stuck in one-bedroom flats or studios. You know, we can't go outside and that's our life. So, and as a result of that, if you, if you look at the business consequences of that, it's obviously going to be, you know, around productivity. It's going to be stress, be a whole lot of other factors, and um, and employees won't be working 100% effective. Very, very difficult thing to, to consider. But I think to answer your question, I don't believe I don't believe that had really been factored in or considered in previous BCPs. And I can understand why, because obviously we don't encounter these sort of pandemics, you know, every year. The last one I believe was. I think it might have been 1916, 1918 around the Spanish flu. Yeah. So unique, but um, I, for me, this is probably the number one concern I, I would have at this point for employees and morale. Yeah, definitely. So I, I guess another thing that we sort of touched on before the we began recording is that piece around supply chains. And, you know, you, you brought up an important point that maybe not so much supply chains are obviously impacted, but it's also that third party um, risk perspective. So can we talk a little bit about how that might be impacted by this current situation? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not to say supply chains aren't effective. They are in terms of, you know, everyday businesses, in terms of, you know, extracting and um, procurement, etc. But um, many of us in, uh, many of us as GRC practitioners, especially working for the larger organisations, you know, we've, we've outsourced or offshored certain aspects of our business. Um, and that's, that usually forms part of the BCP. But if you look at some banks out there in terms of their three lines of defence, you know, the, and if you look at financial crime, you know, line one is usually operational heavy. And many organisations globally, you know, will have that line one function sitting offshore, predominantly in India or maybe the Philippines or Poland, wherever. Um, and obviously the line two sits, you know, sits onshore. So for me, you know, what's happening with that offshore, that offshore operation? Yeah. Um, around the staff, around its operations, around the technology, because um, if that's not working effectively, then that basically you know could jeopardise the entire operation of the business. And as I mentioned earlier, there's there's key people, key decision making people involved in this process, and we'll and we're also assuming that many of us, um, we're also assuming that you know that many of us um, you know rely on that offshore function to to ensure you know, effective oversight and management and obviously the, um, you know, the analytical side uh, without people getting sick. So, you know, we could lose people in terms of um, key decision makers, but uh, also key operational people um, being sick all at once, and that could be onshore and offshore. Um, so that would mainly be around the transactional screening, you know, the, the sanction screening, etc. And losing that function, you know, is obviously paramount to, to, a, business, to a bank's operations. And each country is very unique in terms of their approach. So some countries are more lenient, other countries aren't. And um, when we talk about BCP and that line one function offshore, 
we're also assuming that all those analysts are working at their at their um, at their place of work. Yeah. So th- this is you know what we're seeing now is all these analysts working say in Bangalore, India, and now working at their home. Which in many cases I don't believe the BCP would have considered that because most of the work that I've been involved in, their BCP BCP plan is actually having an operation somewhere else outside that building. Right. Um, so you mentioned staffing, you mentioned employee well-being, and even a bit of um, key person risk there. Um, another thing I think we, we talked a bit about before was the training obligations for organizations. Can, so you can talk a bit about how that might be impacted by the situation as well. Yes, absolutely. So you know, th- th- this is this is an interesting, interesting, um, interesting step up in terms of training and um, having the face to face contact. And and ironically, I think from what I've seen and been hearing, um, many organisations have done this reasonably well through Zoom. Um, but but you're obviously losing that face to face interaction. And um, you know, many people are obviously you know hesitant talking openly on you know, via Zoom, et cetera. So certainly a more challenging environment, but I think the technology certainly helped with the, you know, with the whole training aspect and those obligations. So prob- probably not as serious as some other areas and other, some other parts of the framework, but um, still an interesting area to focus on. Right. Uh, so t- changing tact just a bit, one of the things that we definitely saw coming up, especially, I guess, as we got more cases in Australia, were notices from the regulators about scams like the ACCC and some other regulators that we, we needed to sort of look out for. Um, I guess, how big is this risk of these increasing scams and what could it mean for um, organizations? Look, I think it's massive. Um, if, if you look at the two key parts of what we're going through, there's obviously significant dis- disruption to the to the uh, workplace and the work practice. And, you know, we've discussed that in some detail around operations, systems, infrastructure, employees, etc. Uh, for me, I would look at this as more of an external threat. So I would look at the operations, supply chain, offshoring, etc., as an internal risk. But then look at the external threats. And as obviously as GRC practitioners, you know, this is something that we really need to consider because criminals will try to capitalise on the current environment. Obviously, we've got people off sick, we've got people working from home, you know, we're more vulnerable to, um, you know, to, to be hacked in terms of scams, money mules, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there that we need to be very, very conscious about. And, um, you know, the whole cyber attack is absolutely, the cyber attacks is absolutely key in terms of to our home systems really really consider this so there's a lot of noise out there and when i say noise a lot of information coming from the regulators for us to be very mindset yeah. sorry very mindful of of, of of these sort of issues so you know if i talk about aml um interestingly you know what i'm seeing is organizations and banks may have to update their their transaction monitoring systems because we're seeing different typologies out there in some countries you may see significant increase in cash because yeah. obviously people are concerned and they're anxious and therefore they're taking cash out. Yeah. In, Australia, in Australia, on the other hand, what we're seeing are businesses not accepting cash because obviously you know, they look at the cash notes and they're obviously concerned about, about the virus. So, um, you know, we may not see large cash levels in Australia. So practitioners need to obviously consider this as you may see significant cash movements through your, through your books or you may see very little cash. So we should start to see trends through our transaction uh, monitoring systems and other aspects of our controls. As scams, we'll see a lot more scams. You know, obviously, you know, criminals fully appreciate um, working from home. We're easy targets. We're bored. Um, You know, there's there's, this, we're much more 
um, you know, we're probably not as proactive, proactive at home as we, as we should be in terms of completing questionnaires and, um, and health alerts. There's a scam going around now in terms of um, completing health alerts. You know, how do you feel? It's, it's a government uh, email scam and you complete all your personal information and that gets sent back. There's, the, there's also giveaways, you know, free giveaways. There's uh, charities trying to get money out of us understanding who the charity is, making sure it's registered and it's licensed. And even from an onboarding perspective, you know, we need to be very mindful um, for organisations and financial institutions in terms, in terms of onboarding, this sort of stuff. Um, I suspect we'll start to see a lot more activity around money mules, trying to move money through the accounts. Um, so, look, there's, there's a lot of things to be very, very conscious about. And um, for me, this, this current virus is presenting two key risks. It's the, not, not just the, the disruption to the workplace, but it's also criminals will capitalise on this. And we're certainly, as employees and organisations, certainly more vulnerable than we have been. Uh, I guess coming to the last question is, you know, what advice do you have for risk and compliance professionals, you know, who are trying to maintain their obligations and sort of transaction monitoring and, and other stuff like that? It's really, really challenging. Um, <clears throat> ensure your controls and test your controls regularly. Make sure those controls are obviously um, robust. Make sure they're working. Make sure they're effective. Um, um, you know, having that, having daily catch up, catch up with your team members and, and talking to your team members. Uh, talk about those threats, making sure their mindset is obviously, you know, in the right place. Updating maybe your, on, you know, your onboarding procedures. Looking at the current typologies out there, and we know what could those typologies mean for us, and understanding your business, understanding your products and services, your jurisdiction at risk, and say where are we likely to be vulnerable. Um, that's that's probably the key message: onboarding, um, decision making, uh, governance. Um, you know, types of onboarding relationships uh, such as charities. Uh, looking at such things as um, you know, cash transactions. What does that mean? Looking at offshoring and outsourcing, and having making sure there's appropriate governance over that. Yeah. For me, the probably the number one risk would be employee risk yeah. in terms of their well-being. So um, you know, keep on top of all your employees, reach out to them, have have daily catch-ups, see how they're going, uh, see what position they're in. Um, you know, now's not a time to be micromanaging and focusing on productivity. It's more around you know who they are and, and, and how they're coping through this. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Julian. No problems. Thank you very much, Kwame. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary.